Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to a, another edition of our Parashat Shavuot class where we look into the weekly parasha through the lens of Hasidut. We are studying the works of Rav Elimelech Bitterman in Mayan Shel Torah, Torah Wellsprings. Uh, unbelievable resource, of course, filled with lessons both for ourselves, for the people around us. If you're listening uh, on a podcast, or on a recording, um, we have a whole series going through this uh, for for quite a little bit. And check check out what, what we have to say in previous parashiot. Today we're going to talk about an idea that probably doesn't get spoken much about. It's one of the mitzvot in this week's parasha. Of course, parasha Yitro is very well known for the Ten Commandments. Aseret hadibrot. The Ten Commandments, and uh, we'll focus on one, and we'll uh, maybe branch out from there. But first of all, let's start with this. Our rabbis tell us, Sachar mitzvah behai alma leika, that reward for performance of mitzvot is not received in this world. You won't find reward here in this world. The reward for the for the mitzvot that we actually do is in the next world. Um, why? Because reward is actually limitless when it comes to mitzvot. Um, and therefore, anything that we're going to enjoy will be enjoyed in the olam of nitri, the eternal world, which is that of olam haba. This physical world, which is confined, cannot contain the vast reward that comes with the mitzvot. Now, when you hear that, it's very discouraging. Imagine you're trying to you know, get someone to perform teshuvah, or to become more observant, to keep more mitzvot. And, okay, what's in it for me? Right? Nowadays, that's all That's all we hear about is what's in it for me? If it's, there's no benefit, no advantage for you, then no one's really interested. What's in it for me? Well, okay, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but nothing's really in it for you. Nothing's going to be there for you in this world, but in the next world. So it's very discouraging when you hear that because people want to be rewarded immediately. People want... Um, enjoyment. They want benefit. They want to. Uh, they want pleasure for things that they do. Um, they're not inspired to work hard when they know that the reward is only going to come in the future. Nevertheless, um, if we keep the following three things in mind, then you'll probably be inspired to do the mitzvot and fulfill them completely. Number one, remember that you're investing for the future, right? So if I if I am contributing to a retirement fund right? RRSP or uh, TFSA, whatever it is that I'm investing, right? Right now, I'm just giving somebody money and I don't know, it's going somewhere. It's in this account, but I know that when the day I retire, whenever that is, all that money that was invested grew exponentially. So you have to think about that the mitzvot you perform is really an investment for the future and it's the best investment that you can make. Every pruta, every dollar, that you give to tzedakah, for example, the rewards, the return in olam haba is enormous. Every small deed that you do has endless reward. Um, so that's the first thing a person should think about if he was to feel discouraged that I'm not getting the uh, immediate pleasure and reward right now. It's not about for right now, it's about what's going to be later on. So it's the investment that you make now for the large returns later on. Number two, within the Torah mitzvot that you perform, you can also experience 
an innate, pure joy. In fact, Chachamim tell us that it's not just any happiness. It's a joy that was experienced by Adam and Chava in Gan Eden prior to the sin. Prior to the sin of the Ayat The pleasures of the world to come. That's what it feels like. We don't really know what it, what it is because we're not there and we're living in the world that is after the sin of Adam HaRishon. But nevertheless, um, you don't ha- if you really put your mind to it, and the investment idea isn't really for you, you can actually say to yourself, yes, right now in the present, I feel good for what I'm doing. There is an enjoyment. All the physical pleasures in the world cannot compare to the happiness that a person experiences when he or she performs a mitzvah or a kind uh, deed uh, to them or towards other people. There was once two brothers, beautiful mashal, they worked together composing music, and their compositions were gold. They were unbelievable, and they their music was sold across the globe. One time they were working on a particular piece of music. There was a massive explosion in the studio, and both brothers lost their sense of hearing. It's a tragedy. One of them decided to leave the world of music completely and go into another field of work. And the other brother, uh, basically, he said to himself, I can't enjoy the music, I can't hear, uh, so therefore I might as well just work somewhere else. And the other brother, the other musician, continued to write music. He wrote it by heart, based on what he was able to remember, because he knew that the other people in the world were enjoying his music. And years passed, and the advances were made in uh, medicine, and the brothers underwent an operation, and they got back their sense of hearing the brother who composed all the songs throughout the fact that when he was deaf, he was now able to listen and enjoy all the beautiful music that he composed. What's a nimshal? What do we learn from this little episode? If at the moment you are not experiencing the joy and the sweetness of a, of a mitzvah or of a Torah study, don't stop performing good deeds. That's not a reason to just stop. Continue doing the mitzvah because eventually, eventually there is medicine. Eventually there is, you know, what you're accomplishing here, you'll feel in the next, in the next world. Even in this world, you're going to feel it. So like imagine nowadays what's happening with Corona. Many people actually lost their sense of taste and their sense of smell. But did they stop eating? Did they stop smelling? No. Why not? Oh, if I can't taste anything, why should I eat? What do you mean, why should you eat? If you don't eat, you die. You have to eat. You need to eat in order to live. You're still smelling things, although you don't actually smell them physically. So same people that lost their taste and enjoyment in Torah should still study Torah. If you lost your taste and enjoyment of tefillah, you still pray. Because one day it's going to come back to you. And when it comes back, you will experience all that you missed and will be so much more concentrated. The Gemara tells us that when the students of the yeshiva would say goodbye to one another before returning home after a prolonged time learning, one of the blessings they gave to each other was, which means, may you see the world in your lifetime. And the Baal Shem Tov there says that they wished each other, may you see the future world of Olam Abba in your lifetime. It's possible to experience a taste of the future world here. It is possible. 
And that's why the future world is called Olam Abba, which means the world that comes. When does it come? Sometimes it's called Olam Atid, the future world, but more commonly it's called Olam Haba, the world that comes, the world that is coming. What does it mean, the world that is coming? So the Me'or Anayim explains that it comes when we perform Torah Mitzvot. It doesn't come immediately. A person has to do some investment. He has to work. He has to toil a little bit. But if he does so, he will pick up on the Olam Abba with his good deeds. You start to feel it. The future of the world is the Olam Abba, the world that comes. This means that it, that it comes when a person serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why the Jewish people said, Na'asev enishma. On my Torah, this week's parasha is my Torah. Na'asev enishma. We will do Hashem's service. We will toil. And then, Nishma, we will come to enjoy the world's pleasure. Because when a person speaks of Torah and joy, then all the love, fear, the pleasure will come automatically. But first has to be toiling in Avodat Hashem, and then he will experience in his Torah mitzvot the taste of Olam Abba. And the third thing to remember, don't feel discouraged when you hear that you will receive reward for your good deeds only in Olam Abba. Because believe it or not, there are actually certain mitzvot that you could do here and you get reward immediately. Uh, there are exceptions. And many of the exceptions are stated in a Mishnah that many uh, many of us recite every morning. These are the things, these are the mitzvot that a person can eat the fruits here in this world and the primary reward is reserved in Olam Abba. And some of the items that are listed in that Mishnah are Kibud Avvaem, this is what we're going to talk about today, honoring parents, Gemilut Chasadim, Bikur Cholim, visiting the sick, Havad Shalom Ben Adam L'Chavero, Ben maintaining peace between your friends and, and your wife, all these things. Betamut Torah, Keneget Kulam. And of course, learning Torah is greater than all of them. So I want to focus tonight on one of these mitzvot, because like we said, you can actually get reward now. Without having to wait in Olam Abbas, one of the things. So, Kibbut Avvaem, the mitzvah, of course, one of the Aser Tadibrot, uh, the fifth, the fifth of the of number of ten, number five of ten, is respecting and honoring one's parents. Um, the reward is very clear. Kaberet Avicha Ve'eti Mecha, honor your father and your mother. Leman Yarichun Yamecha. The Torah tells us that you will live a long life. Wow, great reward. Long life for respecting your parents. Uh, you will live a long life in the eternal world, in the Olam Abba. But the reward also includes a long life here in this world. In fact, the Sephorno says that the promise for longevity isn't just for this mitzvah of respecting parents. The wording, the words of the Pasuk, Leman Yarichun Yamecha, is written at the bottom of the first tablets. Right? There are two tablets, two luchot, the first five and the second five. And Kabiret Avicha Vetimecha was the last one. And this reward is right at the bottom. So the, the Sephorno says that it applies to all the five commandments that are listed on this tablet um, and not just the fifth commandment. Because it's written there. It encompasses the whole thing. Meaning a person can get long life if he fulfills, if he does Shabbat, if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't uh, say Hashem's name in vain, if he has Emunah. Right? So... That's what the Sephorno says based on this. The Orachim HaKadosh explains that in addition to the mitzvah's reward, the mitzvot also have segulot. For honoring, a, a person's, for honoring one's parents, the segula is long life. They get to live a long life. And that's addition to the reward that Hashem is going to give them for fulfilling the mitzvah. 
The Pasuk says, Yarichun Yamecha. Your days will lengthen. It doesn't say Aarich Yamecha. It doesn't say I will lengthen your days. So Orachim says that longevity is a segula of honoring parents besides the rewards that Hashem gives us. Because there are mitzvot that have wonderful segulot connected to them. In addition to the reward that Hashem established for each mitzvah. And this time Hashem revealed that honoring parents is mesugal for long life. And we can see, Rabbeinu Bechayer explains, we can actually see clearly people who honor their parents live a better life. He writes, we see those who honor their parents enjoy life of success, tranquility in all their ways. You can see with your own eyes. They're calm. And that's a reward, that's a segula as well in this world. person is enjoying tranquility in this world. Rashi says, scary actually, but he writes that if you honor your parents, you will live long. But based on that, we can deduce that if you don't honor your parents, then God forbid your life will be shortened. Because that's how the Torah is studied. From the positive statements, we understand the negative connotations. Why is honoring parents connected with longevity? What's the connection between me respecting and honoring and fearing my parents and living a long life? So Hatam Sofer explains that a Torah scholar might think that it's not appropriate for him to spend much time caring for his parents because if I, if I care for my parents, then I can't learn Torah. And we just said, Tamut Torah keneget kulam. The study of Torah is greater than all of the other things that were mentioned over there. Therefore, the Torah promises longevity. Promises us long life for kibud ba'em. The Torah is telling us that the time spent honoring parents will be returned to him. All that time that you went and you 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 went to feed your parents and you you went out shopping for them when they couldn't do it when they were sick, that time will be returned to you and you'll have plenty of time to study Torah. The, one of the rebbe's of Gur said that each person is born with a quota of days and years that he will live, and the time he devotes to honoring and fearing parents isn't part of the calculation meaning he will live extra because those times were not deducted from the days of his life wow unbelievable chidush imagine you're you're slated to live 90 years and because you spent so many hours caring for your parents it's now uh 93 who wouldn't want extra years added to their life of sadia gaon explains that the mitzvah of is one that is very very difficult to keep again it's one of the it's one of the Ten Commandments. I said that It's time-consuming. It's hard work to encourage people to devote themselves to this essential mitzvah. The Torah needs to promise. The Torah needs to promise them with longevity. The reward encourages people to keep the mitzvah despite uh, the hardships. Sometimes, for excelling in kibudah vaim, you can get all your heart's desires even before you pray for it. Our rabbis tell us that Rabbi Chalafta would always ask himself, what will my father want right now? What does he need? What can I give him that's going to make him happy? He wants a steak? wants a bottle of wine? Well, what does he want? And he would go and figure out what his father needs without his father needing to ask for it. And his reward, Midah Keneged Midah, Hashem gave Rabbi Chalafta all of what he wanted, all of his heart's desired. Even before you ask, I will, I will answer you. Therefore, we can assume a similar reward will come um, when we respect our parents and honor them. Uh, there's an incredible story that is said in uh, Seder Hadorot that relates that Shamayim revealed to Rabbi Yoshua ben Ilam in a dream. Be happy, rejoice, 
because you will be in Gan Eden together with the butcher. Nanas, it was his name. Your portion and his portion are the same. So Rabbi Yeshua was hearing this. He goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I feared Hashem since my youth. I, my, I only studied Torah my whole life. I never walked four amot, two meters, without wearing talit and tefillin. I have 80 students. And all my good deeds in Torah only equal up to this butcher named Nanas. What's happening here? So they went, him and his students went to go find out who this butcher is. Who's this guy Nanas? And after asking many people for direction, they finally arrived at the town where Nanas lived. And Rabbi Yeshua said, show me where this guy, the, the house is of this Nanas. You, I need to speak to him. So um, the people said, I'm sorry, with all due respect, it isn't proper for a Tamit Chacham and a respected person like yourself to go to Nanas. Rabbi Yoshua said, tell him I want to meet him now. I want to meet him. I got to see him. So the townspeople repeated this to Nanas. And he said, me? Rabbi Yoshua wants to meet me? Who am I? Like, I'm a nobody. I'm a butcher. Where does he want to meet me? So they replied, he wants to speak to you and you should come immediately. So Nanas didn't really believe them. He thought they were teasing him. He said, you're just making fun of me. I'm not going to go. The townspeople went back to Rabbi Yoshua and he said, the, the guy doesn't want to come. He thinks you're jo we're joking. He goes, tell me where he lives. I'm going to go see him. So uh, he went to go to see Nanas' home, or met Nanas. Nanas saw him and fell to his feet, kissed his feet, because I can't believe this. Because what is special today? The crown of Israel has come to my house. What did I deserve? Rabbi Yeshua said, sis, 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 I got to speak to you. I have to speak to you. So Nana said, yeah, yeah, whatever you want, Rabbi. Whatever you want, I'm here. So Rabbi Yeshua said, tell me, what are your deeds? What are your midot? What do you do in your life? So he says, my master, I'm a butcher. That's what I do. Okay, not enough. Tell me, what else do you do in your life? What's what, your parents? Tell me about your life. He goes, well, my mother and my father are very, very old. They're very... Um, elderly and they can't uh, they can't stand up on their own so every morning I dress them, I feed them and I wash them up Rabbi Yeshua sat in silence finally he stood up and he kissed him on the head and he said my son these are his words you are fortunate and fortunate is your lot and I am fortunate that I'm going to be with you in Gan Eden all because Nanas the butcher was there every morning helping his parents get dressed and giving him food and washing them. This is what Yoshua said about Nanas the butcher. So what do we see? We see honoring parents. A person can actually earn reward equal to that of the Holy Tana. The reward is enormous. There was once uh, a rabbi, Rabbi Moshe Turk, who prayed every morning with the Hazon And he considered it... Uh, a zechut to receive a good morning from the Hazon Ish. After Shachrit, uh, he would go off to the go to teach in the yeshiva that he taught. And one day he brought his whole class of students to Bnei Brak to to pray Shachrit with the Hazon Ish. After Shachrit, one of the students wanted to ask a question uh, from his Rebbe, but uh, Rav, Rav Moshe said, "No, no, no, you, we can't speak here. The Hazon Ish is here. You can't, you can't speak. We have to be quiet." So the class passed by the Chazon Ish. They all got their brachot. And when the child who had the question walked by the Chazon Ish, the Chazon Ish asked him, what did you want to ask? I noticed you wanted to ask your rabbi something. So the child looked up at the rabbi, 
Meaning, is it Derek Eretz? Can I ask my question? He says, if the Chazonish wants you to ask the question, go ask the question. So, he said the following. How did the Chazonish become the Chazonish? Obviously referring to him in third person. How did you become the Chazonish? So he replied, it was because I never wasted a moment of my time and I was always careful with the mitzvah of Kibud Avaim. That was it. Kibud Avaim. That, that's how he became the Chazon Ish. The Meshech Chochma, one of the great commentators on Chumash, writes that the Bet HaMikdash was built on Binyamin's land because Binyamin, the son of Yaakov, was the only brother who did not partake in the selling of Yosef. He was the only brother that didn't cause his father distress. And that's why the Bet HaMikdash was built on his portion. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai would say, the Gemara says, that he could absolve the entire world from judgment. And if he adds his son, the merits of his son, he can redeem the entire world of, of strict judgment from the day the world was created until that day. And then he said, and if I add the merits of Yotam ben Uziyahu, I can redeem the world from the day the world was created until the end of time. Yotam ben Uziyahu, who was Yotam ben Uziyahu? Yurashi explains he was a humble tzaddik, more than all other of the kings. He was one of the kings of Israel. And he excelled in honoring his parents. And how? Because his father had sarat, had uh, skin disease. And as long as his father had sarat, and Yotam took his place, he didn't don the royal crown once. He passed all the judgments in his father's name. So Shimon Bar Yochai said, if I had him with me, oh my gosh, this whole world would be perfect. Because of what? The kibud of Ba'em. Honoring one's, pers- or one's parents is equal to honoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Fearing one's parents is equal to fearing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's how important it is. Each mitzvah, the Pele Yoet says, has its mazel. People are prepared to spend lots of money to have a, a zechut to open the uh, Arona Kodesh on Shabbat or on the holidays or to be a sandak in a brit milah. That's very nice, but to be a sandak in a brit milah is not an actual mitzvah. To open the Aron is not an actual mitzvah. Not from the Torah or the rabbis. They are chibuv mitzvah. Chibuv mitzvah means a gesture a gesture to show love for mitzvah. It's great that they do it. Don't get, don't get me wrong. It's amazing the people that, that purchase these, these things. But when a person obeys his parents and, and fulfills their will and respects them, he's doing a mitzvah from the Torah. It's one of the, one of the aserat that he brought. Only fools transgress this commandment and uh, and they are and they are punished the chinuch writes on this that the reason why we have the mitzvah for honoring our parents is so that we could be makir tov we could recognize and reciprocate with kindness to the people who do kindness to me and he shouldn't act as though he didn't receive anything bad or anything from his fellow man that's a bad attitude it's disgusting before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Your father and your mother brought you into this world. From the moment you were a, a, an infant, I, you developed into a child, a toddler, a young adult, teenager, so on and so forth. They, they toiled and they raised you. And you always have to remember this and truly honor them every way possible. And HaKarat HaTov is in fact the foundation of Avodat Hashem. The Ten Commandments begins with Anochi Hashem Lokecha. I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of, the, of Mitzrayim from the house of slavery. The Pasuk is telling us to accept God's reign because God freed us from Egypt. 
It's recognizing the good. When the Jewish people stood in last week's parasha on Yamsuf, on the shore, helpless, scared, they didn't know what was going to happen. Hashem saved them, splitting the sea. But the Jews had weapons. They came out of Mitzrayim, Bachamushim. So everyone asks, why not fight the Egyptians? We know they had weapons because they fought Amalek right after that. So why not fight the Egyptians right there? Let's go fight. God's going to protect us. You know, the Khatam Sofer answers, since the Jews lived in the land of the Egyptians, they lived in Egypt, it's not right to raise weapons against the people who hosted you. That's not hakarat atov. That's not showing gratitude. So from here we see the importance and necessity of showing hakarat atov. The Egyptians enslaved B'nai Israel. They embittered their lives with hard work. 210 years of slavery. They deserved hakarat atov? Yeah, they deserved hakarat atov. We lived in your land and therefore we're not going to raise our weapons against you. And that's the Rashi in this week's parasha. In fact, the first, Vaishma Yitro. What did Yitro hear? Mashemuashama. So, uh, Uva, that made him came. What did Yitro hear that made him come and join the Jewish nation? Keriyat Yamsufu Milchemet Amalek. He heard about the splitting of the sea and the war against Amalek. So, Ketab Sofer explains that from the war of Amalek, Yitro figured out that the Jews had weapons. And Yitro wondered if they had weapons, why did the, why did the, why did the Jews need Keriyat Yamsuf? Again, just fight the Egyptians. So, he understood for not using those weapons because they had hakarat atov for the Egyptians. They recognized the goodness that, that the fact that they allowed them to live in their land. They accepted them into their land. And Yitro was hesitant to join Klal Yisrael because he thought that maybe the nation was going to accept him. But when he discovered that the Jewish people possessed this midah hakarat atov, he knew that they would surely welcome him. And after all, why? Because Yitro, based on the Midrash, saved Moshe Rabenu when he escaped from Mitzrayim. Uh, and uh, brought him into his house, and Moshe was able to marry one of his daughters. So Yitro heard, Milchemet Amalek Ukriyat Yamsuf. He felt compelled to come uh, to the desert to join Am Yisrael. So this is what we need to remind ourselves day in and day out. It's very difficult mitzvah, as we mentioned, respecting and honoring our parents, those that have either older parents in the, the later stages of their lives, or those that are still younger children that have middle-aged parents, um, sometimes we find our parents frustrating. Sometimes we find them difficult to deal with. Um, but that's just our test. Our test is to uh, get, uh, is not just to get through it, but to do it with love, to do it be'ahava. Look at the reward that's in store for you. Not just the reward of olam haba, but also the reward of longevity in this world. Who will provide you with long extra years, the years that you devote to your parents in serving them and honoring them and respecting them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide you with, with plenty, plenty of time and plenty of good. And that, I think, is what we need to think about and remind ourselves constantly.